for sports day drinking with don and dustin i'm don and i'm dustin coming to you live from lubbock texas and london england thanks for tuning in let's get to it Welcome everyone to D4 Sports episode 18. D4 doing double duty this week. Uh, we missed last week due to just some scheduling conflicts and post-Thanksgiving travel and that. But here we are back on the 5th of December, ready to rock and roll with uh, more content than we know what to do with. Dustin, how are you doing this fine Tuesday? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, lots of content to go over. We're going to have to kind of figure out what we exactly we want to do with it, but it stinks when life gets in the way of what you want to do. That's Family, true. friends, holidays. Uh, who needs that, man? Podcast. D4. Podcast. That's what we need. <laughs> That's well, you know, there's no question about that. And, uh, we have, and in fact, I, I have a, a note for later in the show to talk about friends of D4. And yes, we're actually starting to i think get something of a following because i actually have people fairly consistently sending me things uh you know for mention on the podcast and stuff now so uh that'll be fun but yeah so sorry to our listeners who were hoping for a week and didn't get it but we're we're back in the saddle we're getting things done and now we have over 500 downloads so that is something that feels like a landmark to me another another thing I, you know i yeah look people actually listen that's wild it is. And it didn't take us 250 episodes, me doing all the downloads, you doing the other to hit 500, right? So <laughs> that's, true. that's a plus. That is true. <laughs> Although I think it does count when I check it or, or when I, uh, when I you know, check to make sure it's uploaded each week. But, but at any rate, the numbers are there. You can't lie, you can't lie with the numbers. So uh, on that note, uh, Dustin, what is it that you are imbibing for today's show? Well, right now I am having some coffee. Mm-hmm. In my D4 merch, it is a coffee oh. mug that uh, Donald has uh, given to me for my birthday. So I appreciate that, sir. But I also, you know, have to have my sparkling water. So I have point, a new yep. one I don't think I've had on the show. And uh-huh. it's called Ginger Mule. So I think it's ginger a take mule. on, you know, ginger beer, Moscow Mule, mixture of that, mm-hmm. except it's sparkling water. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really all I need to say on that on that note. <laughs> so it's pretty tasty is what you're saying. Uh, well, I think I bought it before Thanksgiving and I have three left and it was a six pack. So that. Yeah, I no, I actually taste more. I, I did. I tasted that. And uh, I, it's it's brave of you to to stick with it and uh, and carry through to the bitter end. <clears throat> I, that's a that's a good choice of words. Yeah. So I, I am enjoying a Guinness in a uh, in fine uh, UK fashion, the pint that is served in every pub. And here it's a little later in the day for me, so you know I can go ahead and uh, enjoy one of these without uh, you know causing any sense of disruption or problems. But uh, yeah, anyway, good good to be back, good to be doing it again. So uh, Dustin, let me throw it to you. Uh, let's get some opening shots because it's been a while since we've taken some shots together. So you know why don't we do one right here? It has. Absolutely. Um, I'm actually going to go back to the well. Um, and I don't know if you remember the story that I talked about, uh, Angel Reese for LSU women's basketball, uh-huh, um, taking, taking some time off or I don't, you know, 
locker room stuff, coaching stuff. I'm not real sure exactly what happened there, but she is back playing. Oh. And ironically, they say she's getting to play the day before they play number nine, Virginia Tech. Mm. Go figure, right? Hmm. That's surprising. Very, yeah. very interesting. Now we're playing a top 10 team. We might need all our players. Let's go ahead and bring her back. I mean, we don't know what happened, right? But at the same time, it just looks it looks odd. She ends up with 19 points, nine rebounds. They win by 18. Um, so it's just, to me, it's just odd how sports in general, they try to make it look like they're doing something in regard mm-hmm. to, um, I don't want to say punishment, but somewhere along those lines of if you don't stay in line with what we're doing, these are the consequences, right? Right. But those right. consequences, are they severe or are they just going to be in line with what you're wanting to do as a team? It's extremely rare that anybody actually uh, enforces a discipline that like actually costs the team something. I, right. I, I There's so few. I'm not even sure. I, I Honestly, you almost have to go to high schools and high schools where you'll mark people ineligible uh, to play because of grades. I mean, that occasionally happens in college, but almost never. But yeah, and frankly, the Harbaugh suspension for the last three games of of the season were perhaps the, the, the most notable recent exception anyway, where those were actually big games for Michigan that Harbaugh, right. Well, although he was still with the, I mean, he could prepare the team all week. Right. I mean, he was still there. He just didn't show up on the sideline uh, for the game. So, but yeah, it's just, it's extremely rare. uh, I think, especially in like college sports to actually impose discipline on somebody that, yeah, that really takes them out of something important, but yeah, I I don't know. Maybe she learned her lesson. And again, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the circumstances are. It may have been minor or whatever that looks like, but it just with nothing coming out and then you see her taking games off or not playing. And then the next thing you know, they're playing a top 10 team and she comes in, scores 19 and nine and they win by 18. Now I'm not saying she's the catalyst for the game, but I mean, a 19 and nine is a pretty nice stat line for any level. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's uh, not a surprise. I, I, I'm going to actually stick with the uh, college theme here because uh, not long after the end of the college football season, or the last week of the season, just Thanksgiving weekend after we had left, Cal beats UCLA, becomes bowl eligible. And I, I wrote in my notes, my pod notes, Cal is bowl eligible. Let's play Texas Tech. And ladies Boom. and gentlemen, we have... Cal playing tech and I, I didn't write down the name of the bowl they're playing in. What, what what's the bowl game? We are playing in the Independence D four bowl. The Indep oh the D four bowl. I I, I think bowl. that's what it's labeled as. It should um, be. You can't but not. you can't see the D four in there. But it's there. Yeah. Oh, Just it's know that. Like subliminal subliminal messaging is. uh in right. the advertisement. Yeah. Well there's so a the D in independence bowl. and bowl is four four letters, so D four. Independence Bowl. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Well, I'll, we'll we'll make that. You, work we've got to stretch it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But and the only problem is it's on at two fifteen in the morning here for me. 
but I think it's like uh, Saturday evening, so it might be Sunday morning. So I don't know. I have to decide how committed I'm going to be uh, to the game. But Cal and Texas Tech playing in a bowl game for the first time since Aaron Rodgers' day. Uh, Cal and Tech played together. Played and, against and Deshaun other. Jackson. And Deshaun Jackson on that same Cal team. And I think Tech routed him, didn't they? Uh, Tech did win that game, yes. I will say, even though Tech won that game, Aaron Rodgers and the Cal Bears felt slighted because that was a great year for them. I mean, it wasn't, you know, playoff year or whatever, but it was was a really good year for them, and they didn't get placed in a bowl that they felt they deserved. And a lot of times in college sports, you you see players that aren't going to play in their bowl game Mm -hmm. um, because of where it lands or who they're playing. Right. Or they just they feel slighted and they're like, we we deserve to be in a better bowl. We're not going to come out here and try to play well. Right, right. And we're going to talk more about college football later. So we'll, we'll kind of table the bowl talk for now because obviously that's one of the uh, arguably the single biggest story in sports right now that we'll uh, we'll give the D four take on here before too right. long. But uh, but yeah, so that was um, that was that was uh, one of my opening. You, you have another opening shot for me. I do, and I know we have two weeks of content, but I'm going to go to last night. Um, okay. Yeah. The in-season tournament for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a little bit about that, and mm-hmm. I've been wondering how this is going to play. Um, it's very interesting. Again, um, Western sports, American sports, we don't know what in-season tournaments really look like. Exactly. Uh, we know yep. we have an idea. They've played some pool games in season that count in regular season, but they also counted towards the in season tournament. But now you have the actual teams that have advanced, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know if it was going to be a big deal, how hard these guys were going to play, what it looked like. But I'm watching the Indianapolis Boston game last night. Mm-hmm. Let me backtrack. The courts for these games, <laughs> hideous. Should be a D4 I mean, segment in their own right. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I mean, almost Terrible. a solid solid color last night in Indianapolis. It's like a solid sky blue. Um, it, it's just, it's harder to watch, but I still yeah. watched anyway. Yeah. And at the end of the game, Boston's a really good team. Uh, Indianapolis is, is pretty good as well, but I would take Boston over Indianapolis typically. But last night, both of these teams were just going at it. And it almost looked like an actual playoff game. Mm. Um, Tyrese Halliburton um, goes off for his first career Mm triple-double. The excitement that Indianapolis has on the bench and in-game, I mean, there's two minutes left and he hits a three and everybody's going crazy. Next possession, he comes down, he hits another three, gets fouled, going crazy I mean, they're running on the court the entire bench on a timeout, 50 seconds mm-hmm. left to go in the game, mm-hmm. acting like it looked like, hey, we just made it to the Final Four or mm-hmm. the excitement. And I know that there is monetary gain at the end of all of this. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But I didn't realize at the time how big it, it could be. And to see yep. that the excitement and the um, – I guess how hard they were playing in the game Mm -hmm. was nice to see. And that is exactly what Adam Silver in the NBA wanted. They wanted that kind of investment into the end season tournament. And, and that first game couldn't have been any better for the NBA. Yeah. 
Well, and I, I wonder, I, I, I saw something about this and I was reading about it, and I think one of the things is, I, I think the Indianapolis Pacers have one of the lowest payrolls in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And they got a lot of guys for whom five hundred grand would, would actually right. be a lot of money. So right. maybe that plays in. But I, one of the things I do wonder, and you give me your take on this, because you're, again, more the basketball guy than I am, but with basketball playoffs being series, right, um, the last, I don't know, I mean, in my mind, a long time in the NBA, you don't get a lot of upsets right? I mean, in the playoffs. You don't, you don't tend to get a lot of real, I mean, I, there's, I think a, a number one seed, the last one I remember didn't like, I can't remember who it was, somebody like the Nuggets back in Dikembe Mutombo's time, I think, knocked off the number one seed. But that, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago. So, so I wonder if maybe the fact that it's single game, it's all on the line for one game, one night, like the NCAA tournament, fuels that a little bit. What, what do you think? I think that can definitely help. Um, I'm pretty sure the game, the series you're talking about, is against Seattle, and I think I might have been in junior high, so ten years, maybe <laughs> closer to thirty. Okay, because <laughs> I was a Seattle SuperSonic fan back then. Um, so thanks for bringing that. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it plays a, a, a big factor because mm-hmm. in the NBA, I mean, you can't say any team can win on any given night. Right. But at the same time, if one team catches fire, Mm -hmm. it's hard to beat somebody, especially at that level. You have five guys on the court. You have four guys that can shoot and they and three of them are hitting at a a high rate during the game. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really hard to beat them. So it does play somewhat of a factor due to due to the fact that it's it's single elimination. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and, and it can revert back to their college days, like playing in the tournament, sure. um, one and done yeah. you're out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will just take this moment to say that, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is on my fantasy team, uh, in, in basketball. So I was yes, more I know. than happy, more than happy to see him get that, uh, that triple double, uh, there last night. No doubt. So, no doubt. Uh, Hey, let me throw this one at you. Dion Sanders is named sports illustrated sports person of the year. And I sat back and I thought to myself, well, this could be a fun conversation because I know how much you are just a tremendous fan of what Dion has done this year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He has uh, taken that team to new heights. Well, I mean, (sighs) their previous seasons have been really rough. This one was only just kind of rough. But, uh, yeah, I... I, (laughs) Sports Illustrated used to be like serious sports journalism. Have they just sacrificed that with this? I mean, that seems a, like a lot to me. It's it's who is the face of sports, and it may not be who is the, the best at what they do. I yeah. will say Dion is the best at making Dion look good. Yeah. But maybe not in the coaching sense. So he's getting a lot of attention because he brings a lot of attention to himself and to his mm-hmm. team. So I will say playing for him, you're going to get attention due to the fact that you have him as a coach, mm-hmm. whether you're playing well or not or whatever. But at the beginning of the year, they were playing well. And then yeah. everything just cascaded downwards. I mean, it was bad. 
Well, that's the thing. So, I mean, Dion was a, a news story for, I don't know, six weeks. Um, you, you know, I mean, at, at most, probably. And I, I just, it's, I mean, why not pick Shohei Otani? Why not pick Acuna? Why not? I, I guess I'm trying to think of other individuals who might immediately, you know, be uh, newsworthy of it. And I, I guess I don't know. I mean, heck, pick Taylor Swift. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Deion Sanders, to me, that it seems like a reach. I, when you, If you want to call him sports entertainment personality of the year or something, but sportsman of the year or sports person of the year, of course, I, I don't know. That one... That was, that, yeah, that's that was a bit. That's much. bad. That was a bit much. For it me. is. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I did not know that. That's fun. Oh, you didn't. You didn't see that. Oh, yeah. No, that no. one. I, what I I saw it, and I I almost thought it was a joke, so I actually went and verified it, and and in fact, Deion Sanders, SI Sports Person of the Year. Let me bring you one more, uh, uh, and this one is a little more serious. But uh, Max Verstappen uh, closes out. The Formula One season with yet another win. He won 19 of 22 races this year. He had won 10 in a row uh, until he had the the one, uh, I guess you call it bad performance, where he ended up fourth or fifth, having started 11th uh, on, a, on a street course. And then he won uh, the last seven, uh, you know, anyway. Uh, so basically he won 17 of the last 18. And I, it's hard to overstate how dominant he was this season. And there's actually a really good article for those who want to read more out on, uh, on ESPN that talks about, uh, you know, the, the statistics behind Verstappen's season, but just, just phenomenal. I mean, almost to the point that the races rarely even showed him because he was just driving by himself out in the front all the time. And the race was always for second place pretty much in every single race with very, very few exceptions. Uh, but but I thought that was a great piece, you know, that, that see Verstappen close it out and do that. And then I saw, oh, and and by the way, uh, Valtteri Bottas, another racer in Formula One, he just raised $150,000 for charity by doing a nude calendar. Good for him. <laughs> you got you to gotta so, put your name out there somehow because he wasn't going to win in, in the race. <laughs> I was just like, man, a bit, a bit of contrast there. And hey, Bottas is, is a great racer. He's had a great career. Uh, <laughs> they're literally like back-to-back stories on uh, on Formula One. Verstappen wins nineteen out of twenty-two. Bottas poses for a nude calendar. Ba- Bottas one for one. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> That's some pretty good stuff right there. That's the way to get back into it after a week hiatus. That's, you know, that's the kind of thing we need to keep us rolling. So thank you, Valtteri Bottas, for doing that for us. We're going to ride that wave, you know, for the rest of the show. soon unless we get you know overwhelming uh fan requests and even then probably not but uh, probably not it may be a solo for you if that's the case oh wow 
Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, anyway, however, we do have D four news uh, to get to, and we're going to lead off with Millwall. Uh, ah, still hanging in nineteenth place. Couple of losses too, and a draw. Yeah, too close to relegation for for my liking. I mean, you you continue continue uh, the trajectory that you're on, and and next year we're in a different division. Yeah, we can't do that. We surely. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We got we we can't talk relegation yet. There's too much season left. But I will say this much: Philadelphia Eagles, come on, man, what are you doing? Philadelphia Eagles trying to steal Millwall's song, uh, the "No One Likes Us," and and and, of, and and they do it to the tune of what Clementine? Oh my darling! I mean, it's just weak sauce. You saw yeah, this, yeah? It was it was bad. It was bad. Um, <laughs> Not even close, Philly. No. Come on. No. Wrong it wrong football, too. Well, that that too. I, I, although I will say, in looking at that, apparently Jason Kelsey did this in like 2018. Uh, uh you know, like on his own at the at the at the Super Bowl parade or something. But this was like the fans after the last game they were doing it, or maybe before the game. I don't know. It was rough. Uh and I'm just gonna say Millwall, come on, man. Other teams have tried to copy it and picked it up. It's Millwall's song. At the very least, Philadelphia, if you're going to do it, you better at least give you know recognition to whose song it is. But, yeah, that was, that was not good. And I will also do a shout-out there to friend of D4, Chris Powers, who sent me that asking, hey, are they, are they ripping off Millwall? So the D4 listeners, fully based in America, are starting to pick up on these things. And, Absolutely, uh, it's a ripoff, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Well, you, we, Millwall has to take credit for that. Has Come to. out and say something. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, so uh, let's run down our fantasy uh, status. And I, I just have to say, um, you know, in Pickham, my only real option here as commissioner is to sabotage the league. I, I mean, that's what my option is at this point. I am so far behind. I, I just – and – you know, and really last week was the kicker, uh, uh, you know, and I, 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 I missed all four I, and I missed, I missed badly on the late switch. I took the Cardinals over the Rams and apparently mm. I just took the Cardinals in the wrong week because all right. of a sudden the Cardinals play on the road fine against a tough defense, but at lay an egg at home, the Buffalo Bills last week, the Bengals, uh, just, just terrible. And, and this week, I mean, at this point, I'm seven behind you. I'm 12 behind my brother. I'm one game. Actually, I think after this weekend, I'm two games clear of Becca, who didn't even play the first week and can't even name all the teams. So, look, I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm going to sabotage the game, but if you start seeing some anomalies happen, it's not me. Maybe you're overthinking it. I, I, you know, what do you, I'm really... I'm not like killing myself on this. I mean, I, you know, I'm just trying to make educated guesses. There's upsets every week. I took Carolina this week kind of in desperation and it really wasn't a terrible pick. They had a shot to win that game, but uh, yeah, but I'm, but now I'm just like, now I just have to take flyers. And so now, I mean, I'm, it's terrible, but. And and it's like you have to, to, to gain ground like two a week. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. 
It's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible at this point. But uh, you had a strong week overall in DraftKings. Actually, I had a good week in DraftKings, won some decent money, but you still managed to beat me 4-1-1 to one to one this week. We tied pick them this week. Uh, so you're up 54-43-4. to 43 to four. So you've got a nine-point lead in our DraftKings game. And you're up seven in, in Pick'em, which is five points at the end. I don't I'm, – so I'm effectively 14 down. I don't know. It's never been this uh, this one-sided in all the years we've it done hasn't. it. So I, I will say this point. week for me in, in DraftKings was, uh, wasn't too bad for me, even with two guys going out. Well, I was going to say, you came back with your early only score, and I was like, wait a minute, how did you beat me in that one? I know you had two guys who went out in the first quarter, Tank Dell and Ramon J. Stevenson, and you still beat me. So – Anyway, thankfully there's the NBA, <laughs> which I don't. I don't think I would have ever guessed in your lifetime you would say the words. Thankfully, there's the NBA. <laughs> there's the NBA <laughs> where we can go head to head, and I continue to lead the league. Uh, you I are would, dominating. I actually, yes, I, I actually the week of uh, Thanksgiving I had my first loss. I was three, four, and one head to head against uh, your good friend Sam Estes. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but this last week, I righted the ship and came back to, at a six and two, which puts me at thirty four, thirteen and one overall in first place, best record in the league. Uh, you have had two decent weeks. You went six and two, and then four and four. You're at twenty seven and twenty one. So uh, doing all right. But uh, yeah, I've uh, I'm in third. Yep. That's not, not, not too bad. I'm actually, and this week I'm head to head against the guy who's number two in the league. So this will be important, but uh, weird, weird week this week with these tournament games. There's not all that many actual NBA games this week. So kind of, kind of tricky as that goes. Premier league, right. you, you, uh, you, you took me down this week, 69 to 64. I, I know you spent hours pouring over your, your, uh, your team and your lineup. Yeah. If if you mean hours, as in I forgot to set my lineup, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just happened to look and everybody I had in at least played, so I was happy about that, and 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 ended up coming out on top due to the fact our captains were different. I think yeah. that's the only thing that took me over the top uh, this week. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got Kieran Kieran Trippier. I think it's Trippier. It might be Trippier, but. Uh, who's solid, although I, I have him as well. And I had one guy on the bench who uh, gave me eight. So that that would have been kind of the difference maker there. But yeah, I played Mo Salah as my captain and you played Erling Holland. And uh, I mean, Holland had seven, Salah had five. So it wasn't a huge difference. But anyway, uh, overall, I'm still up on that 841 to 782. So I've got a, a pretty solid lead, uh, solid lead there. But uh, so yeah, so that's a D4 fantasy uh, wrap up. Uh, I do want to say I found another good D4 name this week, kind of at random. I don't even, not even, I'm not even sure how I found this name this week, but uh, Boo Bowie. You know who Boo Bowie is? Played at Northwestern for basketball. That's correct. B-O-O, Boo, first name, and last name, B-U-I-E, Boo Bowie. Uh, so B- Boo Bowie, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm bringing you into the, uh, into the D4 names world. And a uh, shout out to uh, friends of D4, uh, a guy I work with, Ade Odusanya, uh, is competing this weekend in the World Championships for Jiu Jitsu in Las Vegas. And Congratulations. Uh, yeah. No, he's already the European champion. 
Uh, he's a blue belt, so he's not like black belt. He's not the top tier, but I mean, he's <laughs> he's blue belt, super heavyweight uh, guy I work with, and um, let's just say uh, everybody everybody's very respectful to Ade at work. <laughs> I was going to say, stay on his good side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's another guy at work who keeps coming around, and he keeps getting. I I I can stay with him for thirty seconds in the ring. I, I can stay with it. <laughs> and all of us just like, no, no, you couldn't. Like, how fast can you run? That's your only option if you could possibly run away from him because he's like, oh, sure, I could. Sure, I could. I'm like, if he touches you, you're done. And uh, anyway, his his if you want to follow Ade, uh, he's at Ade Fights on Instagram. He posts a lot of his match highlights there. And uh, you'll see what I mean. He's very impressive, uh, very impressive uh, young man and good friend of mine. So good luck, Ade. We'll be following you here on D4 Sports. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, another friend of D4, good friend of mine, John Woodard, who frequently sends uh, clips that you know meet D4 criteria, along with quality pictures of cocktails and cigars. Uh, he also sent me uh, the D4, or, or the official D4 bird that and he thinks should be nominated. And, and I have to say, I agree with him on this. This bird is called the Carreru, uh, which is known as the drunk wood pitted wood pigeon uh, out of, or it's like a wood pigeon in Australia that snacks on fruit and the fruit then ferments in its, whatever the, the craw or something in its, in its neck. And then they get intoxicated and they stumble around and they fall out of trees. And so they're oh, kind I'm of looking at pictures bird. right now. And, and they, they look like they have a beer belly in their, yep. their chest. Yep. <laughs> like it, yep. it ex- looks like it expands and there's pictures of them falling out of trees. And, yeah. 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 So the career on the bird. ground passed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they hit it hard down there in Australia, down under. And, uh, you know, we're going to adopt the Carreru. We'll put him up there alongside Wally the Alligator and uh, and the, the Texas Tech Possum. And uh, we'll, you know, keep him along here. Uh, in Quality the- material, John. Good job. Yeah. No, he's uh, – look, John sends me stuff all the time. Too much to even get all on the show. So uh, keep it up, John. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being a friend of D4. All right. D4 business is done. So we have to get to the biggest sports story of the week of, of, of the day right now. And that is the college football playoffs where we clearly, everybody agrees that we have the best teams for the, for the final four with Michigan undefeated PAC 10 champ, 13 and 0. We have Washington undefeated PAC 12 champ at 13 and 0. We have Texas, one loss, but big, uh, big, big 12 champ, uh, 12 and one. And Florida State, undefeated ACC champion, 13 and 0, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. I think we've got that wrong. Somebody didn't get in? Texas didn't get in. I think think we. They have one loss after. Texas Tech didn't get it. No. Oh. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Texas with one loss, but the rest are the undefeateds, right? That's what you do. If you win your conference, you go undefeated. You win your conference championship, you should be in, right? Power five championship, power five conference, undefeated. No. No, we got but Alabama. It didn't, it didn't happen. 
No, Unreal. because Alabama, who was eighth, right? Eighth was ranked below one loss Oregon, below one loss Ohio State, below one loss Texas, comes into the SEC National Championship and beats previously undefeated and unanimous number one Georgia, who also now, of course, has a loss. And they somehow leapfrog all of those other teams and undefeated Florida State and are in the national playoff tournament of four teams. The only thing I will say to this before we go any further is next year, at least they're expanding. Well, it still has to be finally ratified, but they're going to be expanding the playoffs likely to 12 teams. So put that to bed. But Dustin, tell me, what what are your thoughts on this? I mean, there's so much written out there right now, but what what what, what is your take on this? Do I think Florida State has a chance to win the whole thing against the other three teams that are already in it, Washington, Texas, and um, Michigan? No, I don't. Do I think Alabama has a chance? Yes. However, the body of work that Florida State put into it, coming out on top on every single game, you have put into place that in college football, here are the standards. Win all your games. It's a power five team. Win your conference. Win your conference championship. Doesn't matter who you put on the field. Yes, they started a third string quarterback. I get it. Okay. But you did exactly what you were asked to do as a football team. And then you get basically punished for it. I get that they're probably not going to win the whole thing. You put them in, right? And it's almost like, well, we have to get an SEC team in there because if we don't get an SEC team in there, we're not going to have money coming in because the SEC is the king of all college football. I get it. But you're punishing a team to get an SEC team in there. And so yeah, I, I, I just don't – I I get that you're, you, you feel like you're putting the four – best college programs in it. I understand that fully, mm-hmm. but you have also taken a team that has done everything you've asked them to do and not given them a chance to go out there and see if they can actually do it. Well, it's it's not only just that. It's, it's the fact that Florida State, not only did they win this last weekend with their third string quarterback, they won the weekend before that with their second string quarterback, and they won the weekend before that playing three and a half quarters without Jordan Travis, their starting quarterback who got hurt in the first quarter of the game. And, and to be honest, I, I'll be, I'll, I don't know how you can say they couldn't beat these teams. I mean, you look right. on paper and you say, okay, their offense isn't going to be ex- as explosive, but they got a month to get this quarterback ready and to scheme and to do whatever needs to be done. And their defense has obviously been strong enough to shut down. They beat Louisville who has one of the top offenses in the country. They held them to like six points this last quarter this last game. Right. And, and one of the best running backs. I mean, it's the defense really over the past two games has stepped up huge and said, Hey, we know we, we know we have some struggles on the offensive side. Let's help them out. And they've done that. Yeah. I I just, it's not, I mean, I, I I don't even know what to say. I I just, the, the, okay. Yes. Alabama beats Georgia, but how does that, uh, and okay, so they won the SEC, but they're a one-loss SEC team that lost to Texas at home, who's in the game. They're, and frankly, their other the other victories 
I, I don't I don't know. They're just they're just not great. But I, I think just the the bigger issue is just you just you, how do you how do you presume to say, oh, well, this team can't win? They've won every other game they've played. And it's the ultimate example of not settling it on the field and and letting I mean, this is you go back to the BCS days. This is why everybody hated the BCS, because it was just numbers run through a system. And oh, somehow this team comes out on top. And and, you know, once we get a playoff together, you know, it's supposed to take it out of it. And I was reading this article and, you know, some of the people who are in the conference or in the committee have have talked a bit, although it's all anonymous. Nobody wants to quote anybody. But they go on and they're saying, oh, well, even if it gets to 12 teams, it's not going to be perfect. People are going to complain. But I'm like, you know what? There's a big difference if you don't make the top 12 versus if you're an undefeated Power 5 college champion, right? If you're 10 and 2 or you're 9 and 3 and we're second in your conference and you're like, oh, we got snubbed. Hey, look, try going undefeated. Win your conference something, right? But, man, I, I, it's, I just can't believe how bad college football is at at the whole concept of a tournament to to find the best team when literally the college world series which when i was a kid was a non-event nobody even knew it happened unless you were just a diehard baseball fan even the college even college baseball has figured out how to make it interesting a sport that almost nobody really follows very widely in the u.s uh, on any significant portion not to mention of course obviously march madness is the gold standard for every tournament out there and somehow 10 years into college football's quote playoff four team playoff whatever that is is can't figure out how to do it right it's it just it blows it blows my mind i i just i don't know I, i'm not even a florida state fan i don't i don't have a dog in this fight i don't like alabama i mean i'm just kind of not an alabama fan in general so whatever but I don't know. It just seems to be the year that, you know, neither Alabama or Georgia get in. Nobody from the SEC gets in. It's happened to the Big Ten. It's happened to the Pac-12. Why not the SEC? But And the committee is, of course, saying, oh, we, we, we didn't take into consideration at all that it was an SEC team. I'm like, oh, shut up. Nobody believes you. Nobody believes you. No, but no, that's, that's, that's a non-factor. I mean, that or that's the main factor. It's an SEC team. Like, you have to have one in there. You can't from a financial gain, yep. not put an SEC team in there. Yep. If Alabama wins it all, the committee is going to go, we did the right thing. Right. Yeah. And I still don't think they did because no. you are, uh-uh. again, you're punishing a team that did check every box that you set in front of them. Yeah. 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 I just, I mean, let's face it. The committee really needed Georgia to win. So then we'd have gone in with four undefeated teams for the first time ever four undefeated conference championships champions and it would have been a great playoff and nobody would have, but they managed to, I don't know, do this again. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you say, well, these are the four best teams now. The other side of this, and let me get your take on this too, because <laughs> we're going to do a, a D four college bowl game, pick em contest. And uh, we'll, Next week, I'll put it out there, and anybody who wants to join, you can sign up. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get as many people in as we can. But I'm trying to pick these bowl games, and, like, you see a team, and they're like, oh, they're 10-2 and two throughout the season. But how many guys are even going to play the bowl game? <laughs> I mean, and 
I know I don't I don't think to this point there have been major NFL prospects not play in the national championship game, but it could happen, right? I mean, some. I mean, and that again goes against. Well, even this. What if the starting quarterback for Alabama gets in a car accident in the next two weeks and can't play the game? Now what do you do, right? What if the team gets sick? I, the whole idea that you can say, well, right now this team's better because, you know, they don't have our quarterback. I just, it's just terrible. Ah, it's just terrible. But, well, it's like watching an eight yeah. seed in the in March Madness get to the Final Four of the championship game. Exactly. I mean – a team can catch fire out of nowhere. And I know basketball is different than football. I understand that part of it. But at the same time, like you said, you can't sit here and honestly say there's no way, no way that they can win this whole thing. Of course not. Of course not. Two defensive touchdowns, you know, bad time turnover, right? Injury in the game. I mean, anything can happen. Or frankly, Florida State just shows up and beats them, you know, which Mm -hmm. might happen. I mean, Nobody thought TCU was going to be in the national championship game last year. Now, again, when they got to Georgia, didn't work out for them. Totally so different story. They, yeah. But at least it was settled on the field. and Everybody's like, all right, well, there you go. Right. So, but what do you think about the whole, like, NFL prospects not playing bowl games? Because, frankly, I'm sitting here looking through these bowl games anyway, and it feels like fully 50% of the teams playing in bowl games are 6-6. Six and six. And one team is actually five and seven. I don't know how they actually got in. There is a five and seven team in. I, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head now. Did they um, win their conference championship? I don't, maybe, or or maybe or... they were just the next best at large team. But I, I, I mean, I know the bowl games are revenue generators and I know they're, you know, kind of still big events for college communities and stuff. But I mean, when you get half the, you know, it's hard to pick these games because you don't even know who's going to play. Or if any of the top guys are going to play, and then you get you get these bowl games where you, literally you don't know anybody who's on the field. It's almost like an NFL preseason game. Well, what do you think? What do you think about the whole bowl game situation in general? I, I don't like sitting out games. Um, I don't yeah. like the idea that you're sitting out for your future. Um, yeah. You're you're leaving your teammates out to dry, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a bad look. Um, I don't know if NFL people think it's a bad look because they want you to be at peak performance at the highest level when you come into the combine camp. And, but like you said, I mean, what if somebody gets in a car wreck, you know, what if you're training and a weight falls on your foot or so? I mean, I know that's, that's way out there, but at the same time, you could be doing something outside of playing the game and still get hurt. I mean, we've heard in the NFL guys cooking, and yeah, yeah. basically chopping off a finger or, or yeah. uh, the, the, the linebacker that fireworks. Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, so there is a number of things outside of the game itself that you can get hurt in. Now, I understand that football is physical. <laughs> I mean, it just is. It's, it's massive guys just going at it and trying to take your head off and hitting you as hard as they can on every play. So, yes, there is a higher chance – of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've been like in the trenches with your teammates all year long. You've been going to battle. You've been doing everything you can to win these games. And then you get to the bowl game and it's like, I'm, 
I'm better than you maybe not, not in that mindset, but it's, yeah. I'm going to look towards my future and not think about the guys that I've been at war with. Yeah. And yeah. to and, me and, that just, it, it's not a, it's not a good look in my opinion. And especially as you know, becoming bowl eligible was still a thing, right? And so, oh yeah, we got the bowl eligible and oh yeah, well, it's not a good enough bowl. So it's not worth me risking. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I don't like that one. Too and much. I, I understand having high expectations and not meeting those expectations as a football team, mm-hmm. but like Caleb Williams, like, <laughs> yeah, USC wasn't the team that you thought it was going to be this year yeah, and yeah. partly is on you, but you still yeah. are going to be in, you know, one, probably the top pick, Yeah, but it's just because you don't feel that, or maybe you got snubbed or it wasn't the year that you wanted that you're going to sit out because of where you're going to go play your bowl game or who you're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I enjoy college football, not nearly as much as I used to. And of course, being over here in the UK, it's almost impossible to watch. So I don't get to see very much, but I obviously follow it, but yeah, I don't know the whole bowl game thing just still kind of, I, it's a relic of the past. And I, I don't know why, I don't know why they keep it, but, uh, but it's still here and, uh, and we've got it I, real quickly. A couple of other sports notes. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. Have you seen what the Detroit Pistons have done? I have not. They lost all of November. <laughs> lost the entire month of November, 16 in a row, uh, which is really. Sounds like pretty, the Spurs, too. It's pretty impressive. 16 in a row. And I actually went and checked, and that's not even in the top 30 of the longest losing streaks in NBA history. Um, so they're going to have to back that up with a full loss of December. If they lose all, if they, if they lose, because 28, 28 is the record for the longest losing season ever. And that's actually across two seasons for the 76ers from 24 to uh, 2014 to 2016. Uh, 26 is the longest, 26 is the longest in a single season. So um, uh, they got a ways to go, but if they lose every game in December, uh, they will set the record. So I'll follow that if nobody else will, because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah i don't know how i don't know how many other people are going to no not many i probably as many people as go to the pistons games i would imagine at this point so and uh and one other uh kind of interesting note tristan yari the goalie for the pittsburgh penguins scored an empty net goal um and he's only the fourth goalie to score in the last 10 years uh the first in penguins history there was actually Earlier this year, uh, Linus Olmark from Boston did it as well. Um, but it's a fairly uncommon, uh, uh, uncommon thing to happen. Um, but but as so I went back and I checked because, you know, that's what I do because you get down the rabbit hole. And uh, Martin Brodeur is the all-time leader with three, uh, three goals. Although um, technically a goalie can actually be credited with a, a, a goal – uh, if so, they send the puck down the ice and the other team mishandles it and drops it into their own net for an own goal. The goalie will actually get credited as the last other team, last member of the other team to touch the puck. And oddly enough, which actually seems almost impossible, but um, about half of all goalie goals in the NHL happen that way um, where the goalie tosses it down the ice and, and the other team fumbles it back into their own empty net. 
Um, but uh, sounds but like no, junior just, high hockey. It, it, it well, and some of the clips are pretty <laughs> are pretty. You're like, oh, whoops, yeah, not good. But uh, yeah, Tristan Yari, Pittsburgh goalie, throws one into the empty net on a shot from all the way at the other end of the ice and uh, gets mentioned on D4. So I'm sure he's pretty excited to be mentioned on D4, as is everybody else. Next thing he has to do is just do a nude calendar, and and he'd be right. He'd, he'd be right up there with Valtteri Bottas. There you go. And and a side note real quick, the Spurs aren't far behind Detroit. They've lost 14 in a row. Ooh, it's competition. We'll have to track this. We'll have to pay attention to see who can manage to drop the most games in a row. My money's on the Pistons, though, because they are not good. They are not a good team. They're, both teams are really, really young. Yeah. But what's crazy is I I thought the Pistons were going to be pretty pretty decent this year. Um, they've got they've got some great players. They just haven't put it all together, I guess. I have I officially had no thoughts about the Pistons coming into this season. <laughs> you had no thoughts about the NBA until I got you hooked in. Well, so that's not entirely. So now true. you're just trying. Now you're just trying to uh, figure out how to say people's names, and then we'll go from there. turn our attention then to the NFL, uh, kind of the home of D4 sports, if you will, from a sporting perspective. Uh, two weeks of the NFL to kind of to, to blitz through. Dustin, I'll throw it to you. Give me your uh, initial thoughts or uh, your, your chief stories for the NFL going on. Ironic you say chief. Mm-hmm. I am going with. Not ironic. It was lo- just subtle. It was just subtle. Their last loss. I'm going with Jordan Love. As my first story. Yeah. Huh? The Packers, two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. Right? They play two solid teams, did the Detroit Mm -hmm. Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. What happens? Packers actually win both games. Jordan Love Love plays plays well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that's not a full scope of of the season for him, but I'll I'll take it in uh, in the past two weeks as – just because I said it at the very beginning of, of the, the season yeah. hey. that I thought he was going to have a pretty good year. Yep. No, and, and hey, look, his first few games were pretty good. His middle four or five were at points awful. But, he, you know, look, he's righted the ship. I'll give credit where credit is due. I, I, I don't know that I'm really sold on Jordan Love being a top-tier starter um, in the NFL. Maybe he'll be Kirk Cousins. And I guess if you want to say Kirk Cousins is top-tier, Maybe I, I, I don't see his ceiling being much higher than that, but you know, Hey, I've been wrong before. Um, I, I think I am. I think I too had been proven incredibly prescient on the chiefs because how in the world are we here at this point in the season? And the chiefs offense is not good. They I mean, it's not looked terrible. terrible. No, they looked terrible against okay. the Packers. I didn't see the game again because it was you know late night. I didn't watch the replay this week, but uh, the, the wide receivers they didn't look. They just didn't look good. MVS yeah. came in like you said two weeks ago for one thing, mm-hmm. and he's he's just not doing it. Um, Having a guy Rice, jump on his back. <laughs> oh, that. So well, you can't blame him for that part, right? But Rasheed Rice is actually okay. 
um, especially as a rookie. But I think teams are, are really honing in on Kelsey and making everybody else do something. Yeah. And Pacheco is playing well. And before you throw yep. a punch and get ejected, I mean, um, yep. you know, that's part of it. But it shouldn't have even come down to that for the Chiefs. No. Mm-mm. Especially when you're supposed to be or wanting to be this team that's going to win it all. You've got to be yep. able to put it all together. And they're not right now. Yeah. Serious wake-up call for the Chiefs at this point. I uh, I don't feel good about them going into the playoffs. I have a feeling that um, I have a feeling that the Chiefs aren't going to do it this year, and that they're they're going to get to the playoffs. They're going to get against a good team, and they're going to do much like they've done these last couple of weeks, and they just won't have the offense to make it. Um, speaking of offenses that uh, may not make it. Uh, <laughs> The Browns started Joe Flacco. And I'll I'll be honest, I saw a fair bit of that game, and he actually played reasonably well for the most part. But I I just like this. This is Joe Flacco, who couldn't beat out Sam Darnold, uh, Zach Wilson, or Mike White on the Jets the last three years to play more than three or four games. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach for the Browns, said on Friday before the game, Joe's a pro. I've been around pros. He's right up there. He does his job. Very, very intelligent. <laughs> this is Stefanski talking up Flacco before the game. That That's when you don't know what to say about your quarterback. But I, I almost I almost said podcast because my next story <laughs> was going to be Joe Flacco still playing. <laughs> Joe Flacco gives the 40-year-old guy, me, oh, the idea that, oh, I can still do this. Right. <laughs> I mean, that guy, he's I, been around for some for some time, but he's I, I a pro. I, he's a very, very intelligent, I, which maybe is Chris. So no offense to you, Joe Flacco. But uh, I, I what, what I was actually most surprised at in this game was that I just assumed that Joe Flacco was going to come in and he was going to check it down and he was going to check it down. And he was chucking it deep for a lot of the game, made some decent throws, hung one up at the end that cost him the game, really. Um, on just kind of a lame duck interception, but man, yeah, Joe Joe Flacco uh, getting his shot. Um, he threw it forty four times, and at his age, after about thirty, you got to switch to the left hand. I mean, right? That's a lot of throws. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of throws. It's a lot of throws. Uh, you know, there was some uh, coaching changes in the NFL. Um, you know, one happened uh, last week. But after, you know, the week we didn't uh, we didn't do a show, Ron Rivera was out as uh, the commander's defensive coordinator. So they install their new defensive coordinator and promptly give up 45 points to the to the Dolphins. So that's good work. Quality. Uh, Yeah. On the other side of that, the Steelers got rid of their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And in their first game without him, promptly gained more than 400 yards for the first time in 58 games, which, oh, by the way, uh, includes all of Matt Canada's tenure as offensive coordinator. And uh, they bring in their new guy. I don't even know his name. Uh, and and they, they go over 400 yards in their first week. Uh, uh, then they back that up with a terrible loss to Arizona. But uh, Kenny Pickett got hurt. So, okay, so maybe give a, a little bit of a... So now they get to start Mitch Trubisky. So we have Mitch Trubisky... And Joe Flacco starting in the NFL next weekend. And Tim Boyle. 
and well, and Tim Boyle. <laughs> Let us not forget Tim Boyle. Uh, just one of many fantastic quarterback matchups this weekend, right? Oh yeah, definitely looking forward to some of these matchups. Uh, I think the ball will be handed off quite a bit uh, this week in the NFL. Um, some of these matchups you look at, like let's Colts and Bengals. You've got Minshew and Browning. Now I will say Browning had a heck of a game last night. Um, and, and Minshew, look, he's Minshew's an honorary D four member. Um, I mean, he's quite and he's played pretty well. Right, but it's the backups. You know, it's it's yeah, the yeah. tale of the backups. Yeah. I think I think yeah. my favorite matchup this week in regard to quarterback is going to be uh, Bethard versus Flacco. You got mm-hmm. the Jaguars and the Browns, and that that's going to be something. What's funny is last night. It's not funny that Trevor Lawrence got hurt, right? Yeah. But it was yeah. the first play with Bethard coming in. Yeah. He gets he he gets off in this run, and he slides like a baseball player mm-hmm. fumbles it, but his knee was down first. Anyways, he hurts his shoulder. Mm. The Jaguars did not have another quarterback suited up. Okay. And that was the first play. And so oh, the Jaguar, and been? so Bethard, Bethard starts like, you know, working out his shoulder and his hand, like everything. And he goes back in. I mean, he stays in, but I'm thinking, man, if he gets, if he gets taken out, the Jaguars are just going to have to wildcat this thing and, and try to win it, which they didn't do. Would have been? Did no. the announcer say they didn't have anybody, anybody suited up to, to take a wow. snap as, as a quarterback. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, no, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some rough quarterback, some rough quarterback play happening. Um, okay. Okay. Going from the bottom of the barrel, uh, maybe, although frankly, let's face it. That Jaguars-Browns game has serious playoff implications uh, for C.J. Beathard and Joe Flacco to be starting. But, um, okay, let me ask, is Dallas the real deal yet? Ah, man. Dallas is one of those teams you're always just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Like you're always – with Dak at the helm, you go, is, is, is he going to do it? And then he does well, and you're like, wow, okay, good, good for him. He's that guy in the next game. Uh, is he going to do it? I don't I, – I can't say they're the real deal yet. I just I, – I mean, you lose see, to Arizona. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. I, I mean, they're 9-3, and three, right? So we're 12 weeks into the season. So it's like how do we possibly say they're not the real deal? Here's how. They've only played four teams with a winning record. At the time when they when they played them, and oh by the way, one of those was the Jets in Week Two when they were one and zero, right? With without Aaron Rodgers, right? So with with Zach Wilson, but they've they've only won two of the games against teams with winning records, and that would be the Jets and then the Seahawks last weekend. Other than that, they've beat the Giants twice, the Patriots, the Chargers. Which okay, you would have at the beginning of the season said, oh that's a good win, but you know, not now. Not now. The Rams, the Panthers, and the Commanders. I mean, they really. No, that's crazy. I mean, you can only that's beat a, the teams That's you an play. easy schedule. You can only beat the teams you play. So it is what it is. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I just that's, don't know. That, I mean, that's surprising, actually. I didn't realize their schedule was like that. But they've got yeah. the Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions next. We'll find out. About that's it. I mean, that's yeah. where we're going to really see. And you know, this this 
Cowboys Eagles game is going to be huge. It is. But man, the Eagles laid an egg this week. I mean, the 49ers. Did they lay an egg just, or did they just get whooped? Because I think they, they just got, got okay. whooped. Okay. You, I mean, you I, may be I, right. I'll, I'll give you this one yeah. because the 49ers just took it to them. And the Niners, we've talked about the Niners. They are yeah. excellent at almost every single position there is. Yeah. Quarterback play is is stellar this year. Purdy. Answered the bell. You've, no question. Absolutely. Yep. Christian McCaffrey uh, right now could be the best running back in the league. Ayuk uh, and Debo. Debo is your Swiss Army knife. Um, mm-hmm. Backfield, uh, wide receiver, wherever you want to put him, and the and some of the some of the routes he was running, and once he got the ball this week, mm-hmm. he was just looking like he was slithering through everybody. It was unreal. Yep. George Kittle's really good. Uh, their defense is top notch. Um, yep. So yep. at every level, they are yep. top tier. Um, well, so I, I think I, I think a couple of things there. Number one, you talk about Christian McCaffrey, and I think. Obviously, that McCaffrey trade was huge, and it also you get back to the point and you say, okay, to the Carolina, uh, you know, uh, organization, how could you not have used him better? Although he was, he was great in Carolina too. Fair enough. I think maybe the real key to the Niners, other than of course Purdy continuing where he started and continuing to develop and get better, I really think it's Ayuk. It's Ayuk developing into that legit receiver because. You know, last year was supposed to be the year that Ayuk was going to be, oh, he was going to, he was the talk of the league and he was okay. You know, I mean, he was explosive with the ball in his hand, but wasn't a great receiver, right? I mean, he wasn't really, you would not have put him among the league's elite receivers. And I think now Ayuk is probably a legitimate number one receiver in the league, which now the defenses have to scheme against him to a degree and that just makes Debo that much more threatening. And I think that one-two combo is, is real, is really tough. So let me ask you this question. If everybody's healthy, that's a big if, of course, right? If everybody's healthy right now, what's your Super Bowl look like? Or, or maybe if everybody's healthy, who do you really want to see play? I mean, I want to see... Arizona in it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let, let's let's be honest. That's not going to happen, right? Um, I I, I want to see the Niners. I I personally think the Niners are the best team in the NFL. Um, if everybody's healthy, I would. I think if I, every if if yeah. everybody is healthy, they are fun to watch. Um, even on the defensive end, how quickly they get off the ball, um, how how well they move. Uh, it's they're fun to watch, um, and and honestly, <laughs> if we're gonna go with fun to watch, let's throw Miami out there. Yeah, right. Yep. You're gonna see some of the fastest guys in the league, some of the best running game in the league, and which is crazy to me to say Miami's running game is it can be top notch mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. with the chain and and Mostert, um, but you've also got both. Both receivers, you've got Waddle and you've got Tyree Kill. And then on the other end, you've got Ayuk and you've got Debo. Um, The way they play the game is different, too, because with their run game and how they move people before the snap on both teams is interesting to watch and how the defense is going to have to account for everything happening in the backfield before the ball is snapped. There's just so many intricacies within both of those teams. I think that would be a really fun game to watch. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's who I would have gone with too. I think if, if everybody's healthy on that Dolphins offense, it's gonna take it's gonna take an incredible effort to hold them under 30 points, right? Um, no question about it. And I mean, you just talk about frightening at every well, except for tight end, and nothing against Dylan Smythe, but he doesn't get used, right? But man, yeah, the just the pure speed. I just don't if the if the Niners are healthy on offense. If that offensive line is playing well, I just don't know that anybody is going to be able to is going to be able to stop them and keep them under about 28, 30 points. But I think their defense is good enough to to make the difference. And I think I think that'll be that'll be key. But yeah, Tua was on uh, Eli and Peyton last night. Oh, was he? So okay. uh-huh. I've started watching them more than, you know, Aikman sure. and Buck, man, because um, yeah, yeah. they're they're hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, so they're yeah. interviewing Tua, yeah. and and they asked Tua. They said, "Have you ever overthrown Tyreek?" And he's like, "Nope." And yeah. they said, "They said, does he just come into the huddle and go, hey, just throw it as far as you can? I'll get to it.'" And yeah. Tua goes, "You don't know how many times he said that. Like, just <laughs> launch the ball, and I will go get it. I will outrun whoever is guarding me." And I will get that ball. Well, I just don't. I mean, they're finally starting to do that. And I don't know. I, I mean, that's what Mahomes did. I mean, how many plays did Mahomes just chuck it down there and the fastest guy got it? And that was Tyreek. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously on the first touchdown he had this week, that's exactly he just ran past the defense playing man to man coverage with no safety help. What was that? But um, but I, I mean, man, I don't know how they don't do it at least two or three times a game. Just. But, yeah, but that's what Tua said. Tua was like, Tua yeah. goes. I haven't ever overthrown him because I don't have Mahomes' arm. Like yeah. that's what they did. <laughs> that's true. Like that's you true. said, about three yeah. or four times a game, they were like, "Tyreek, run a go route, just yep. as just fast go. as you can. Go. I'm yeah. going to chunk the ball, and you just go get it." And I mean, it's it's there's been guys in the NFL that have had speed at that mm-hmm. position. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, yep. that guy was super quick, but I don't yep. think he was as, he was Tyreek fast no i think tyreek is a much better route runner than deshaun jackson i think he's much more shifty and and i think i think that that burst even at high speed that burst with tyreek is right and i'm just saying speed in general just getting it and just taking off i mean i don't there's there's some fast guys in the league but tyreek is just he's a blur he's on another level yeah speaking of tyreek uh i i was looking and uh coming into this weekend he was averaging 120.4 yards a game, uh, which means that in 17 weeks, he would have gotten to 2,047, which, by the way, was behind Calvin Johnson's pace when Calvin Johnson set the record at 122.75 yards per game. But after this week, he is now up to 123.4 yards per game. And so he is slightly pulled ahead, assuming he plays a full 17 games and keeps... But but the the crazy thing is he pretty much has to keep it up in order to break the record. And if and Which if he doesn't crazy if he doesn't play a week but keeps it up, he'll be at nineteen seventy four, which it would just barely edge Calvin Johnson's record. Which I think just goes to show you how incredible Calvin Johnson was. Um, but also, you know, and how, he was another guy. Two thousand yards is a lot of yards. Yeah, he's another guy that you just throw the ball up and he'll go get it from a different standpoint. Yeah. 
not the speed standpoint, but he would oh. get triple teamed. He was yeah. quick. I, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his size and athleticism, um, just throw it, just Stafford, just unmatched. throw it in the air. Just unmatched. get it up there. I'll go get it. There is another record that has happened this week from a okay. quality receiver, Mike Evans. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Has gone over a thousand yards receiving for his 10th straight year. Can you name the only other receiver to do it? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. <laughs> that was kind of a toss up. <laughs> That's not the hardest but, question in the world, but yeah, no. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I'm sure I yeah. could come up with some, but no. I, yeah. But to be the second, I mean, that's that's impressive to do it at that high of a level and to have Baker as your quarterback um, yeah. to, to get there. Um, with Tom, you better you better get it right. But, but it was only two years of Tom Brady, or three years of Tom Brady, right? So Right, right. Uh, and Godwin's not yeah. terrible. So the ball's going somewhere. Yeah. Right. Um, but to, to do it yeah. 10 straight years is, is pretty good. His first 10, 10 years out of the gate. And, and that's just a testament to not only your talent, but you're staying healthy, staying on the field. Uh, because I mean, you know, if you go down and you miss four or five games in a season, you know, it's going to be tough to get those yards. So yeah, no, that's, in fact, I mean, I go back to, you know, my preseason predictions and, you know, guys who I thought we'd seen the best of. And Mike Evans was on one of those, and thankfully he is not. And the other one I had was Keenan Allen, who's now leading the league in receptions. So thankfully, which is crazy I will to me. Say, thankfully, I was wrong on those two guys that they're both continuing to maintain uh, the level they're playing at uh, this late in the season. And the other thing I'd never thought I would see was Derrick Henry get knocked out of a game uh, for something other than like a knee or an ankle. He just took a big old hit. And he was in the concussion protocol, and I was like, "Oh, oh my word!" Um, yeah, he's he's normally the guy given the big hit. Exactly, but and it, uh, to be fair, I mean, he had gotten hit and was kind of off balance, was kind of up in the air when the other guy came in and actually popped him. Um, so even you know when you're that big, when you're being tackled, you know there is a limit to the strength that you have. But uh, all right, just real quick, uh, because I'm a Patriots fan, and their demise has been so brutal. For the first time in their 64-year history, New England has been shut out twice at home this season. And they are the first team in the Super Bowl era to lose three consecutive games while allowing 10 or fewer points. And they're the first team to allow 26 points over a three-game span and lose all of them since 1950. Wow. That says something. Awful. Man. At that game this weekend, That's bad. that Chargers, that Chargers Patriots game. I no. <laughs> that was I don't even hmm. I just I they just have, need they Carolina. have zero offense. I just need Carolina to win a, a, two more games this year. Because we're not beating anybody. Although, frankly, we're going to go play Pittsburgh this weekend. And you want to talk, what's the over-under on that game going to be? On Pittsburgh yeah, with know. Mitch Trubisky. Because, let's face it, the Patriots' defense has been playing lights out. I mean, to hold the Chargers to six points, granted the weather was bad. But the Chargers are a good offense. And to hold them to six points, their defense is playing great. But, my word. I just Pittsburgh's a six-point favorite. With a over under of thirty point five. Ooh, thirty point five. 
That's take low. the under, Iowa. Take That's the right. under. I mean, and actually, Pittsburgh looks a lot like Iowa, too. So, uh, I really, that, that, yeah, that game, it might be nothing, nothing. <laughs> it, it might. Tie no, game. The Pitt, Pittsburgh defense will get a defensive touchdown, probably, because our Patriots quarterback will turn it over, almost certainly. But, uh, all right, any other final thoughts on the NFL for this week? No, I think... I think we've said said quite a bit. I just wanted to. I was going to make sure we got to the Patriots. If you didn't, um, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome. I can't say much about Arizona, even though they beat Pittsburgh this week. Uh, James uh, hey. Conner looked like he was he back to form. Um, over yep. 100 rushing yards, and they win 24-10. But Kyler Murray's uh, playing all right. We'll talk about him a little more as the season draws on to a close, and whether or not he's going to be with Arizona next year. But uh, all right, that's a wrap for weeks 12 and 13 of the NFL for season. All right, D4 doing double duty here in uh for our 18th episode. Uh time to bring this home with some last call. Uh, first one, Dustin, I'm going to harken back to something we talked about, um, well, uh, maybe, I don't know, six weeks ago when that was the Ryder Cup. I remember hats off for your bank account, right? To Patrick Cantlay getting, That's right. getting trolled. Well, Goldman Sachs, who was his hat sponsor, has dropped Patrick Cantlay <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the sponsorship. So Patrick That's awesome. Cantlay... No longer has a hat sponsor. Ultimate on trolling tour. on that one. Goodness gracious, that's sweet. <laughs> that's uh, that was one of my favorites that I saw recently. But uh, how about you? You got something? Well, if we're gonna harken back to previous episodes, mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring up one of my favorite, Mel Kiper. Oh. And by one of my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, I, ta, I can't stand ta, the guy. Ta, ta, ta. Can't stand the guy. But now that college football is winding down, you've got the bowl games. You've got everybody mm-hmm. talking about what's going to happen next, and 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 Mel Kiper's big board of who's mm. where, how is the draft going to look? NFL's like halfway done, but you know it's Mel Kiper, man. He has made a living off of uh, college football and uh-huh. assuming something is going to happen. He's poured over the tape, Dustin. He's poured over the tape. He's poured something. <laughs> <laughs> Pour one out for Mel Kiper because, oh, yeah. Boy, the big board. Can't wait. Can't wait to see that one. Should All be right, fine. I got, I, I, got, I got one, and this one is uh, uh, comes from the, you know, the ever-popular world of women's boxing. Women's boxing. Amanda Serrano, who I have never heard of until today when I saw this story, uh, she actually – has the WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, IBO, and Ring Magazine titles for her weight class. The first boxer ever to do that. Um, But she has vacated the WBC title. Any idea why you think she has vacated the WBC title? Um, Doping is the only thing I could think of. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Amanda Serrano wants to fight 12 rounds like the men do. 
but the WBC will not sanction a fight of more than 10 rounds for women. And so she has decided to vacate her title since she will not be treated like a male boxer. Interesting. Which is interesting. There's a lot that could be said about that. I'm not going to say much about it, but I just thought Amanda Serrano, I guess good to stand on your principles, but I don't know why you feel like you need to fight more and longer when you already hold all the belts, but maybe she wants to uh, prove that her belt is worth something more, but I, I don't I, know. I guess I'm going to leave that one alone though. Yeah. That was a curious one. I was like, and I, frankly, I didn't even know there were that many federations of women's boxing, but there you go. But uh, all right, here's, here's my last one. And I got to say, uh, this goes into the files of, it's good to see sports and drinking being brought together again, where uh, outside of Villa Park Stadium, which is the home of Aston Villa football slash soccer team over here in the UK, 46 people were arrested and charged with a major disturbance outside the stadium after last week's game. And to that, I can only say, glad it wasn't Millwall. And thanks Surprised for it wasn't Millwall. Well, hey, we're cleaning up our act. We're not, you know, we contribute to the community and all that sort of thing. But good to bring it all together. Sports, drinking. What does it lead to? Occasionally violence. In this case, a major disturbance. Major disturbance. Major disturbance. D4 is not a major disturbance, as far as we know, nor have we called I'm unaware. <laughs> but that we know of. To our listeners, to the friends of D4, some of whom we've named, some of whom we haven't named this week, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Give us a like. Give us a share. Give us a mention out there on social media. We appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, before out. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin and by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.